50 years is an interesting milestone to be acknowledged by a youth orchestra, of all things. It's an impressive one, sure, but interesting for an ensemble which prides youth overall. As the Melbourne Youth Orchestra celebrates its Golden Jubilee, we're invited to tackle the idea of the new world through music. Drovak immediately springs to mind his Symphony No. 9, the Symphony for the New World. It is a fantastic experience, and it's a staple of modern orchestras worldwide. What was more surprising to see on the bill was Glinka's overture to Ruslan and Ludmila. What's the father of the new Russian school of music doing here? I don't really know, but it's not an inherently unwelcome piece. It was a really wonderful start to the concert. As strange a choice as it may seem, it did sonically work with what was to come. I would be curious to know the, the reasoning behind putting that there, though. It's interesting, it fascinates me. If you've played in any orchestra over the years, even in primary school, you've likely come across Graham Cohn. He's been a staple of Australian neoclassical tradition since time immemorial. While Cohn has never been my exact cup of tea, his impact on the classical scene of this country can't be overlooked. And to be surprised with the premiere of a new piece of his was a really nice experience. Song of the Open Road was specifically commissioned for the orchestra's 50th birthday, and it was designed with youth orchestras in mind. It's also really interesting to note, it's also going to be made available to Australian school orchestras following this premiere. There was a really solid quote, actually, from Melbourne Youth Orchestra CEO Dorian Jones, which explained that the orchestra had been able to provide complimentary tickets for disadvantaged young people from ages 11 to 18 through the generous support of the Newsboys Foundation. So that's that's really cool. Introducing young people to classical music is a really good thing, and to do it with a youth orchestra is even better, because they get to see people who are their, potentially their friends and people their age playing all this really wonderful, fascinating music. After Songs of the Open Road finished, which seemed like forever, quite frankly, which is one of Cohn's biggest flaws, actually, in my opinion. Certainly not his handling of harmony, I quite like that, but just the pieces drag on. We move into Lovelock's Concerto for Trumpet and Orchestra, performed by Melbourne Youth Orchestra alumnus Josh Rogan. It was actually a really interesting little circle that we've just closed with this piece, because uh, Lovelock commissioned this piece for Australian trumpet player John Robertson back in 1968, I want to say. So it's nice to see these two Australian commissions being played one after the other by an Australian orchestra. You don't get to see that very often. Rogan's performance specifically was admirable, but marred, I feel, by his seeming obsession to technicality. There were passages and phrases in which I feel that he pushed too hard on the embellishment, really to the detriment of his tone. His tone, otherwise, was fantastic. It was really, really, really well established, but it did suffer when he went for some of those runs, which I feel like he made more difficult than it needed to be. That is me, though. I am a diehard romantic. It's a movement that pushes tone over technicality almost to a fault. The closing of Lovelock, though, I did have one additional thought. It's a piece that, as a wind player, I've had blasted in my ear on many occasions, so it was really nice to experience it from the outside, and the MYO did deliver it beautifully. It was really, really, really nice. There's a really solid group of musicians in this orchestra. And now to the piece de resistance, The New Worlds. Drovak's Symphony No. 9, Symphony for the New World. A staple, a genuine staple of orchestras across the world. I know I mentioned that earlier, but it genuinely is. The Largo from that symphony is particularly recognisable. It's used a lot by Disney in early animation, and it's probably one of the most recognisable classical pieces, maybe outside of the William Tell Overture, and is definitely beloved by oboe and core anglais players, like, the world over, because it's their time to shine. It's always wonderful. They don't get very many times to shine, but here it is with the New World Symphony. 
It was done really well. It's it's such a staple of the world that you run the risk of potentially because you have such an expectation of what the piece should sound like that a youth orchestra of all things might not be able to live up to because the tone and the texture of the piece is the important part. It's not like I wouldn't call it an immensely technically challenging piece, not from like the way that your fingers and scales run and from the way that your motives run and stuff like that, but in terms of tone, it's immensely challenging to do, and playing in tone is one of the hardest things to nail as an orchestra, and MYO did it. They nailed it. They did an exceptional job. It was a really, really wonderful experience. And this was just an overwhelming theme for the entire night. Like, regardless of what I felt of the pieces themselves, the orchestra performed them fantastically, which was really, really cool. It'll be really, really interesting to see this group of people, this group of young musicians grow and take over into every nook and cranny of the Australian classical music scene. These are the leaders of our music future in a lot of ways. They're fascinating. And to see them perform live was such a pleasure. Thanks once again to Artsman for sending me. Christian, I had a blast. Back over to you.